0: What was the best advice you were given in the early days? The best advice is everything is possible. You can build anything, anything you can describe, you can build, and you just do it. I often to talk to a lot of startups and a lot of people that want to start startups, and all I ever tell them is just do it. It's a good journey. It takes time. It takes time to get it right, but it's a lot of fun.
1: Welcome to the DeAngo Gliardo podcast, where I interview business people who run or have sold businesses worth a few million dollars all the way through to billions of dollars. While most of my time is spent managing investment portfolios for people after they've had a successful exit, I've always been fascinated by the entire process and hearing the insights that successful entrepreneurs and business people have learned along their journey. At Fortress Family Office, we're an investment portfolio manager and we manage portfolios for ultra high net worth families. If you'd like to know more about not only the way we approach investment markets, but our philosophy on life and business, feel free to subscribe to my weekly insights note. Go to www.fortressfamilyoffice.com and hit subscribe. In this episode, I interview Maxime Chaclair, the co-founder of Instant Scripts. Instant Scripts is an online telehealth platform that enables customers to receive online medical scripts, online consultations, and more. Founded in 2018, Maxime has helped grow the company to recently be acquired by West Farmers for $135 million. Throughout the episode, he talks about how keeping a small but efficient team has enabled telehealth to thrive without much overhead. Furthermore, Maxime emphasizes the importance of planning, especially with technology, as Instant Script's well-planned architecture has enabled them to host over 100,000 consultations per month. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to share with family and friends and leave a five-star review. Maxim, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us.
0: Thank you. Thank you for coming.
1: Do you want to just start by giving us a brief overview of your starting point as an entrepreneur and how you got to this point now? It all started in mid-90s. So the internet
0: started to... It in its current form, and the startup started to form. I was in a uni then, and I startup looked like a very interesting way to build things quickly, and it really opened up opportunity to be able to build things in a small teams and achieve great results. And pretty much since then, my interest in startups started.
1: You've got Instant Scripts now. That started in 2018, I believe, and has been very successful. Did, did the business sell earlier this year?
0: Uh, we've been acquired about three months ago, by who
1: was Yeah. Okay. So you've gone from starting that business in four or five years to an exit. I think it was about, I read 135 million or something like that. So what we love to find out is that journey from start to an exit. But as we're talking before, often there's other attempts and businesses and iterations before that. you want to just tell us a little bit about your earlier ventures and that sort of earlier process and where you first started?
0: So yes, for the last 25 years, I've been building a project. As I said, my interest in startups started in about 90s. And ever since, I tried many times to build a startup that will be successful. At the same time, I also built a lot of projects for clients. So I've been the technical person behind it. I've been building those projects. So I accumulated a lot of experience in building digital projects. And eventually, that expertise and experience helped me to build a successful project.
1: When you started that business in 2018, how long was it before you realized that you really had something here?
0: It was very quick. Yeah, you know, it was the moment it was built and it was the moment it was placed. As it's MVP in a first pharmacy, it's already started to be used. And ever since, it's been used almost immediately. The need for it was evident And we managed to build the projects that people needed. And once it's been used, let's say it, it's successful.
1: And when you've gone from 2018, started the business, there's telehealth, online scripts, there's medical practices online, right?
0: The industry wasn't existent then. It was only in its very beginning. It was only very early days of online telehealth and online health. It's all
1: picked up in 2020. I was going to ask that. You've got COVID starts in 2020. What does that mean for the business? It's been absolutely incredible.
0: We've been ready. We, we were there. We've had a product. We've had a system. And once the market became much more ready and much more aware, It was a very good place to be.
1: Yeah. How did you manage that growth, though? Because you've obviously started from zero and then you've had rapid growth over the next few years. How difficult was it to manage that? What did the headcount go from, for example, from sort of pre-COVID to the peak?
0: COVID really
1: helped, but
0: we were a very small and very efficient. We were a very small company for a very long time. Our development team was two people, and we had a bit of a customer support once, so we needed people, but we had a few doctors. My partner is a doctor, and he picked up a lot of actual consultations, but there was a few other doctors that had been in a very early stage, joined us, And but we were very small and efficient these days. Even now, we're about 40 people.
1: Yeah. Okay. Okay. So it's a pretty good sized team.
0: It's still small considering we have over a million users.
1: Yeah. yeah, Okay. What about your your own development from two thousand eighteen and now you're running a big business? What have you had? What was your biggest strength in that process, and how did that help the business?
0: The technology played a very big part in it. We're a very technical company. We, in many ways, we are a platform and a technology company. And the reliance on technology and being able to have technology that adapts to all the needs and being able to tweak quickly become a very big part of of our flexibility and our adaptability and our success.
1: So, so your technical and technology background was the most important part.
0: I think it was. One of the very important parts, obviously, the product itself, the idea itself, and the, the market is obviously very important, but I think our great advantage over many other competitors is the technology,
1: yes. And, and the flip side of that, what was the hardest part for you to adapt to as the business grew?
0: Personally, for me, it's reliance on other people and being able to delegate. I still like to build things myself, and delegating is hard. As a business, uh, the hardest part is scale-up. the scale. The growth, going from doing hundred consultations a day to doing five thousand consultations a day, it's very hard. We, with a small founding team, you can really be very effective, and you can do certain number of things. You can do a hundred consultations with just a few doctors, but once you get to five thousand consultations, that's that's where it's it's needed the next step, next level. And that's where the complexity comes. It, it's not longer a founding team. It's, a, it's a people that you reliant on and people that you recruit over time. And it's much harder to manage.
1: And how did you get better at that? And how did you overcome that, that issue?
0: Getting good people. Getting good people is very important. Rely on them and uh, being able to delegate and being able to trust that everything will happen in the best way. That's, it's hard, but this needs to happen.
1: And in terms of the best decision you made in the early days of the business? What would one of those be? I
0: think the architecture and the technical structure was very good, and it placed us on a journey of, of success and not many, too many changes. I think rely on technology was important, and I think it was a foundational decision that was made well. But the architecture and the tools have been selected it's been good because it's it's allowed us to continue scale up without
1: too many changes yeah and in terms of struggles and, and difficulties along the way what was some of the hardest times in that business and it's obviously it's a short time but it's grown quickly and it's been a great success and a great exit but obviously there's times along the way where where things are tough what's an example of from your personal point of view and from a business point of view where things were challenging
0: From a business point of view, probably the biggest challenges were the regulators and their different opinion on our industry and different rules have been introduced over time and different limitations have been introduced. The doctor community wasn't really supportive as well. The doctors were, for a very long time, doctors were pretty much against product like ours. And it was a bit hard to operate when you operate in a healthcare environment where some of the healthcare participants are not really supportive. It's changing a little bit. It's been much more part of the ecosystem today and it's much better received and regulated as well, but it's been a bit of a struggle.
1: So was it difficult to recruit doctors to the work for the business? It's difficult to have enough doctors because we need a lot of
0: them. We have about 200 doctors and it's still not enough. It's not enough to cover the demand. The demand is, is incredible.
1: That's a pretty good problem to have, though. It is, but it's not an
0: easy problem to solve.
1: Right. And from a patient point of view, how, how receptive were people to the service you offered in two thousand eighteen, and how did that change over the
0: Well, in two thousand eighteen, there was not really a knowledge of something like this exists, so the, it was very hard to even get people to search for it. There was no search we could advertise on. People would not go online and search for online doctors and online prescriptions and online telehealth it's all changed over time and now there is a lot of demand and there is huge demand there is few competitors that coming up and yeah there is a lot of patients embraced it and they want to keep using service like this
1: yeah okay would you say that COVID was a catalyst for that change or did it just occur naturally
0: no doubt the covid and most of the what happened around covid not covid itself it's more all Online services started to pop up. The telehealth became mainstream. The familiarity of, of these services came there.
1: What was the best advice you were given in the early days as you were building the business?
0: The best advice is everything is possible. You can build anything. Anything you can describe, you can build and you just do it.
1: And what about advice you give to people who are starting and wanting to go down that path that you've gone down?
0: Just doing it. I often to talk to a lot of startups and a lot of people that want to start startups and all I ever tell them is just do it. It's a good journey. It takes time. It takes time to get it right, but it's a lot of fun.
1: And in terms of the type of founder you are, were you always the entrepreneurial visionary type person or were you more in love with the technology and what you could build? It's actually both. I'm coming from technological background, so yes, I like to build things,
0: but I'm also much more entrepreneurial than many other tech people. Much more see it as part of the business, as a business need, and what can be done as a business, rather than just for the
1: sake of technology. When you started Instance Scripts, what was it about that business that attracted you to that product? Where did you identify that problem? The idea wasn't
0: mine, the idea came from my partner, who is a doctor, and felt that it this idea can be done and, and it can be popular. To me, I was attracted to a lot of startups. At the time, it, in fact, in 2018, I was working on with, um, with three other startups. So I would join a lot of startups and try and, and see how it goes. But this idea had uh, a very good potential, in my opinion, and uh, I wanted to try it. And We tried it and it immediately picked up. So it, was, it, it seems like a good idea very, very quickly.
1: And what is it about the business that you love the most? The potential. potential. It can be a very big service that can help a lot of people. Healthcare
0: is a a very big industry and there is a lot of opportunities there and there is a lot of things can be done better. A lot of things can be brought into digital age, into online age and can be done better. It's very archaic industry. It's very traditional. In some ways, it needs to be traditional. Health is something that is not really changing from generation to generation, but processes can be improved. The technology can bring a lot of help and a lot of improvements to this process.
1: When you started this business, the financial side of things, in terms of running a business, income and revenue, all that sort of stuff, raising capital, what was that process in the early days? Had you you done that before, raise capital, and how did that process go?
0: Yeah, I did try to raise capital a few times earlier, and as I said, I did, did try a few startups before. None of them been successful as much. Specifically with Instance Scripts, very early on, we we signed up a big chain and we started to get uh, an income stream. And it really helped us to sustain ourselves for a long time. So we we didn't need a capital raise for, for a while. We did make a few small capital rises early on, and then we made a. A bigger one later on, but it wasn't really necessary for our survival. It was more for money, for a bit of growth and advertising. But they, m- most of it still remained in our bank account when we been.
1: So, if you had your time again, would you raise money earlier, or would you not raise money, or you do it the same way?
0: I would prefer to raise money as late as possible. So, the later you do it, the, the more equity you keep, and I think it's important. At the same time, every business is different, and every company is different. So it's getting
1: the Can you take us through that thought process in terms of the, when you first got to that point where you raise some equity and take on investors? Cause that's a big decision, right? You've got, initially it's a, a small group of people. You don't necessarily have to answer to so many people and it's a uh, decision-making process remains within your total control. How long after you started, did you first raise money and what was your thought process around that? We didn't
0: needed the money to sustain ourselves because we had an income stream. But at some point, it was good to get a bit more funds to go with a bit of a bigger public relationship and to get advertising, and those things are expensive.
1: To grow, to grow faster, right?
0: To grow faster. To do that, at some point, we brought external investors. It was, I believe, two three years into the journey. So it was at the later stage. But yeah, we brought a few big companies in and we had we money to, to do TV advertising.
1: How did that change the dynamic from your point of view as a founder, once you've got people involved as investors that need a return?
0: didn't really change much. We still generated most of the ideas and we still came up with most of the ways how we were going to do things. It was very good, smart investors as well. So. They didn't really try to pull us in different directions. They pretty much said, keep doing what you're doing. We like what you're doing and keep doing what you're doing. That's, that's basically the main message. So. Okay.
1: Well, that's perfect, right? That's what you want from an investor is people who will help you where you need it, but also let you get on with it and, and leave you with the autonomy you need to, to do what you do best. Absolutely. And then the sale. How did that come about? What was the decision-making process, if you can talk about that, in terms of, You've got to a certain point. Obviously, there's a decision to make about you can raise more money to, to expand that way. You can take on other investors. You can There's all sorts of options on the table, right? What was the thought process there? If you can share some of that with us.
0: Look, it was mostly driven by my partner, who was a major shareholder. I was a minor shareholder.
1: And we, we, we had a very different
0: opinion on that. I'm very uh, optimistic, and I, I think we, we will continue growing a lot. My partner is a bit more pessimistic, so he always thought there is a lot of dangers and there is regulations can come and kill us, there are competitors can come and kill us. So he, he wanted to exit. And, and same with investors. Some investors were very excited that we can get exit and, and they can get a return on investment quickly. Some investors were the opposite. They they actually wanted to wait longer and see we can actually grow further and, and be much bigger and, and so much bigger stage. And... Um, so, it's, it's not an easy decision, and there is no anonymous way that, that we came up to that decision, but we tried and, and we got key authors and we decided to go with it.
1: And so, with a new partner like West Farmers or well, buying the business, does that bring about a lot of changes? And what's sort of next in that part of the process? Because they also have the linked businesses in that regard, too, don't they?
0: Yes, absolutely. We became part of the West Palmer Health, that's a chain of pharmacies, a chain of cosmetic clinics. So it's a very good integration in terms of us helping each other and integrating our services together. West Palmer is handling us uh, very gently. Again, they're saying, keep doing what you're doing. We don't want to make too many changes. So the changes so far have been minimal. We'll see how it goes. I see it as a lot of opportunities. We can integrate with pharmacies, we can integrate with cosmetic clinics better, we can have much better backing with a much better company to talk to. And I see it as a great opportunity for
1: us. And so you're, you're able to stay in the business ongoing?
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm staying with the business uh, for now and um, keep growing it as part of our new family. And...
1: and that must be exciting from a technology perspective, being able to see the potential for, like you say, integrating with other businesses that are there and presumably with a company like West Farmers, deeper pockets in terms of things you make, depending on what it is, obviously, but you, you've got sort of a, a very big ASX listed company backing what you want to do. That must be an exciting potential opportunity for you to look at. Absolutely. It's big
0: pockets and opportunities, yes, technology-wise, not really. West Farmers doesn't have a lot of exciting technology. It's more, they're more excited about our technology, which is exciting as well. I'm, I'm very excited to work on improving their technology
1: stand. That's sort of what I was getting at, I guess. They obviously see potentially in what you guys do and want to make it a lot bigger. So that's not quite an open checkbook, but it, it gives you the ability, I imagine, to really go for growth and expand.
0: Absolutely. And that's exciting. Yes, being able to integrate and grow much more with this big, big backing, that's very exciting.
1: And for a company like West Farmers, was it when you're looking at other, other ways of exiting, was there something about West Farmers in particular that was particularly attractive in terms of the way the company? goes about business or what, what was there that sort of made I think them
0: the good alignment in our vision and the exact companies that they have in their portfolio being able to integrate his pharmacies and cosmetics is exactly where we're playing and seems like a very good
1: fit from a business point of view who are the sorts of people that inspire you in business that you've you've looked up to over the years or learned from over the years here and overseas
0: Look, I think every journey is different and every person is different. I think we all make in our own ways. I don't have any specific role models that I'm learning on and learning the trades or, or secrets or any steps. But in general, the business people that I most admire and most interested in are the ones that are doing a lot of things. People like Elon Musk or, or Richard Branson, people that jumped from and did so many different things. That seems very exciting.
1: What's next for you and for the business in the next sort of five and 10 years? For business, it's a growth.
0: We will try to conquer new verticals and we'll try to get into new
1: products. For me,
0: I'll continue doing that. I'll get involved with more startups and help more startups to grow. I'm interested to, to keep building startups as well.
1: Would you say that's your biggest passion in sort of in business? Yes,
0: yes. Yeah. I think being able to grow companies from the ground up build specific needed products. And this is definitely my question.
1: Yeah. Well, oh, Maxim, thanks very much for your time. It's been really, really interesting to hear about instant scripts and your journey. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Dan. Thanks for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, we would really appreciate it if you would leave a five-star review and share with family and friends. Thanks.